we, uh, got, sorry. we got so, the we got the time, so we'll edit that, or CJ will edit that out. Hi, CJ. My name is CJ Schrader, and with me as always, my two you're not totally you're release not. notes co-hosts. I don't know. How does he do you're it? You're not CJ Schrader. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, We're the not? guests. Why are, oh. we doing, why are we doing the introduction? Oh, This is weird. This is weird. <laughs> would this, stop. Well, this is y'all are interviewing us. So, I would have, oh man, that would be sweet. <laughs> I would have guessed the hosts would have done the intro, and then we would have come yeah. in later. But like, right. we just that script upside down. Podcast oh, pros, we are. all right guys so welcome to judge cast this is episode 156 um this is jess dunks with me is brian perlman hello Uh, everybody and we have two very special guests today do our special guests want to say hi hi who's the other one you got we have sarah (laughs) we have we have fan favorite and the gentle giant matt tabak what's up yo hello now so Matt, this is this is uh, I believe this is the this is either the third or fourth time you've been on the show, depending on how you count. Um, um, well, I use numbers, and I, I think we're up to three. I well, we did have the <laughs> one agree. episode. No, no, no. We had the one yeah, episode that was three. split in half. Oh right. So so depending on how you count, right? You so cannot like, possibly contain me in one episode, right? Or, and it was so it on three times, but it was actually. And now you, now I'm here with another guest, so this will be great. Right. So uh, Sarah. Uh, is our other guest, Sarah Mox. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Sarah. Tell us a little about you. Hello, everybody. I am Sarah Mox. I am the community manager for the judge community here at Wizards. Uh, there's more stuff about me, probably. <laughs> um, I am also the most fan of all fans of JudgeCast, and I heard that somebody was trying to take my spot, so I had to, I had to come defend my title. <laughs> that, that is... That is very quite accurately the origin story all right so, so what we're going to do is we're we're going to get to the kaladesh release notes episode but but we we want to do before we get into that we want to uh catch up with uh mr tayback and then go into a little bit about sarah and her role with with wizards so um matt sir hi hello hi um so, so tell me, uh, so you've recently yeah. moved on. You used to be the rules manager for, for Wizards, and you've moved on to a new role. Is that correct? That is correct. Last time we spoke, I was the reigning, defending, and undefeated Magic Rules manager. I have since retired. Does that mean you were defeated? Still undefeated. Uh, you come at the king, you best not, best not miss. Um, no, I have moved, I have passed my mantle, uh, on to Eli Schifrin, who, uh, longtime judges, uh, wanna, may know. So he's taken over rules management. Uh, we've been kind of working together over the last few months in sort of a transition phase as I attempt to cram six foot eight of wisdom into five foot two of Eli. I think he's taller than that. I'm not sure. Uh, so, but, he's but, only, but only five foot two of them needs the wisdom. That's true. Uh, <laughs> leave his femur out of this. Um, so he's doing a great job. Uh, we've been working together for a couple months, and he's uh, right now it's about ninety five percent him, five percent me. 
as we move move through the Kaladesh block, you'll kind of see the last of uh, my my work in the rules writing department. So yeah, it's been a good time. I'm uh, got a lot of new opportunities here at Wizards of the Coast, working on some cool stuff, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Hey, let's talk about the cool stuff that I'm working on. Oh, and also, that's the best segue that's been on this show. I think so. Uh, I just sort of scoot around, just like all segues. (laughs) Scoot from topic to topic. Yes. Uh, so yeah, um, I've, uh, so right now, uh, of course, my title's always been uh, senior, I'm currently a senior editor. I've been in the editing department for a while, so I am right now working on some future card sets uh, that I can't talk about quite yet. Well, I mean, uh, but you can. Uh, future, future card sets, that's code, next future site set, heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the set I'm working on right now, the name has been revealed, Okay. Uh, it is it is the first set in the next block, but we don't want to focus on that right now. We no, we focus, don't. We want to focus on Kaladesh. So uh, I'm editing some uh, sets in there. I'm also the uh, lead editor of a little game called Magic Duels. That goes really well. Uh, Kaladesh uh, update for Magic Duels will be available soon, maybe now. When, I don't know when people are going to hear this, but so... Uh, Getting numbers get flashed at me. I don't know what they mean, but it's okay. So on the twenty eighth of September. If you play Magic Duels, just you know, keep your ear to the ground. Kaladesh is coming, and we're here. <laughs> and we're here. <laughs> so that's great. Um, and I'm also working on some other uh, upcoming projects. I'm kind of getting my uh, fingers in every pie around here. So uh, we did think about packs. We'll talk about packs a little bit later. Hey, let's talk about no. We'll talk about packs later. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm keeping busy. Uh, no shortage of work around here. Yep. So, so one of the one of the cool things that you do that that I really enjoy is visiting uh, your Tumblr blog, uh, the Snarkum Asylum. The Snarkum Asylum. Snarkum uh, Asylum. Uh, first off, I love the, the name alone is worth the price of entry. Yeah, I, that name of that Tumblr kind of bounced around. Like every couple of weeks, I would just think of something new and put it in there. And then that one hit, and I really liked it. So it's been that ever since. <laughs> branding, so, yo. Hashtag branding. It is. Uh, hashtag Wasi staff, right? So is, is that. Hashtag <laughs> love this Wasi podcast. Yes. We do. Well, it's Judge Podcast. Yeah. Judge, well, yeah, it's not. We don't have. I'm just saying. There's Wasi people on Should this we podcast. have a podcast? So, we should totally. Podcast. Why we're are we podcasting? We're gonna... Hey, we're gonna have to let you go. We're starting our own podcast. Okay. That's a pretty guys. sweet podcast. Uh, do you guys want to be guests? I'm... We, we can. We can. It's the first episode, right? We're kind of yes, putting... the first episode. We're, we're putting together the notes as we speak. So <laughs> it's like we're heading to the meeting room. You know what that means? It's right. time for another magic podcast. I still have not done my April Fool's joke. I was gonna do like a thirty. 30- second podcast of uh, basically me after lunch walking to the bathroom. (laughs) I had four tacos, you know what that means. And it'd be like 30 seconds on some, like some rule thing or, you know, and we'd stop right before I walk in the door. Usually maybe there'd be bonus supersized episodes. I don't know. Oh, I like this one. The acoustics in here are great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, this is even better than the men's room. No. Um, <laughs> no. All right. This is, this yes, is what happens Tumblr, when CJ's uh, not here to keep us on task. No. Um, it's 
good. It's good that we're uh, we're right on schedule here. So uh, my Tumblr, yes, uh, I love my Tumblr. I haven't had a whole lot of time to do it lately. So if you are a big fan of that and are waiting for more questions, I apologize. I'm trying to work through it as you know when I can. Been super busy with other things, but yeah, no, I'm, that's going to be around. I'm going to be answering questions and I'll still answer rule stuff and you know whatever. So so I talk about anything. So. Just to sum everything up, when people want to find out what it would take to make Trample Bolt work, they need to e- email Eli, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, I wouldn't email Eli. I'd hit him up on Twitter. Oh, okay. That seems better, Okay, right? so Trample Bolt, send it to Eli on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He got some question about, you know, I don't know, working with Rosewater or pro wrestling. Just You can hit me up. All right. So... Uh, so someone that we have not had on the show before, who is a uh, number one professed super fan, self-proclaimed <laughs> super fans, uh, Sarah Mox. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hello. So you are the community manager for, uh, the judge program. Correct. Correct. So what does, and, and you're relatively, relatively new in that position, right? Yes. Yeah. I saw something today that says I've been here for eight months, which I guess, I guess maybe I'm not new anymore, but I'm, I, I still feel new all the time. <laughs> still have that fresh manager still smell. Still fresh, fresh community manager fresh smell. Fresh community manager <laughs> smell. She's almost to the point where we're going to tell her where the fire extinguishers are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so how did how did you uh, how did you come into this position? Uh, that so okay, so I was a judge before I came here to Wizards. I was a level one in California, uh, Southwest region of my heart forever. And uh, I got the opportunity to uh, become an event host for the Pro Tour. And uh, so I started meeting a bunch of Wizards folks and also participating in uh, judge leadership in my area. And uh, those two things kind of along with my uh, career background kind of came together uh, when uh, Aaron was our interim and I applied for this job and I got it. Uh, So I've been here since February uh, and uh, it's been pretty excellent so far. You make that application process sound pretty simple, like they just kind (laughs) of went, "Uh, let's put them all up on a dartboard and throw it and that one. Uh, <laughs> I hope that they chose me for more than that, but maybe, you know, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it took a while. Like, I, I applied for the job last year sometime, and then uh, I came up to visit, and I met everybody, and uh, but it was it was good. It was a good interview process. I was happy. It was it was really neat kind of uh, – being in a room and and being asked questions that would apply to a job that I thought about for fun, if that makes sense. Like judging was such an important part of my life. And I always thought about how I could make things better for judges. And then suddenly people were asking me that and it was relevant to my career. And that was crazy. It was a really cool feeling. And it's still a really cool feeling that every single day I get to, you know, help help my friends and help support them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. So I, yeah, that was all serious. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So a good answer. So what did? Uh, so before you move, before you came to work for Wizards, what was? Uh, what job did you have? Uh, I was I was in politics for several years. 
Uh, so I did I did multiple things. I uh, I did campaign management for local government campaigns. Um, I was a lobbyist for a while, and uh, when I was doing that, I also did a lot of I did a lot of work with local government. I'd say that, that was probably my biggest focus when I worked in politics. And toward the end, I was doing uh, regulation stuff uh, for the state government. So uh, lots, lots, and lots of uh, politics in my background. <laughs> Which I guess it, it seems like it may not translate very well, but I think it actually uh, it, it was pretty No, it sounds right. like it translates just fine. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're used to dealing – okay, you're de- used to dealing no. with politicians. <laughs> Judges should be easy. <laughs> no, really, it's that uh, throughout just, my entire – like, what? I was going to say, she just felt that they were the next progressive step after politicians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After after that level of drama, let's ratchet it up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> no, no, there's there's a serious answer. <laughs> All you know, judges are cool. I don't. It's, yeah. Anyway, it's it's that like. Okay. So when I was working in politics, I was always sort of working as a support character. Like I was supporting local politicians who wanted to gain, you know, elected office. I was supporting uh, companies and local governments who wanted to do things in their government that I could help them navigate basically. And really that's what I do every day here. I, I, you know, I take questions from judges. I help them with situations where they need something from somebody at wizards and, uh, I'm really kind of just continuing my support character role, but for a much larger community. <laughs> we, we definitely, definitely appreciate uh, appreciate everything that you do. I know that I interact with you uh, uh, frequently, uh, and you help with uh, a various uh, a sundry, sundry, sundry variety of topics. I'll just since, since <laughs> I'm not really sure what yeah, you're using. Lots um, of things. Yeah. So okay, so both both of you were at PAX recently, right? Yes. I have I no so. recollection of these events. That means you had a great time then. Is there evidence of this? Perhaps a video on demand one could watch. <laughs> yeah, we did PAX. Yeah. So so from a from a background perspective, uh, was that I mean, you guys certainly put on a big show for for Kaladesh. Just is there is it was there is there anything that you want to share about maybe how that went or went down or cool story from behind the scenes? So uh, PAX was awesome. Uh, if you were there, you know that uh, Wizards took over the Paramount Theater, the historic Paramount Theater. And anyone who's lived in the Seattle area kind of knows the Paramount. It's a great place to see shows. And I'd only been there once before. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, it kind of worked out because if you've seen the Paramount and you've been inside of it, it was actually built uh, on Kaladesh. You can it's tell, but by the way, it's decorated. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's from this world. So, yeah, we took over the whole uh, theater for four days, and the World Championships were there. We did a bunch of panels, some other cool activities. Like, we did an improv show, and there was lots of, like, learn to play. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a whole inventor's fair on the, the street was, outside. Glass blowing. So there was, like, yeah, glass blowing That's and awesome. giant puppetry. Tattoos. And- Temporary tattoos and cosplay and just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, Team Here did a pretty amazing job because it was insane and huge. And the team here. Yeah, I mean, not you know, like pat ourselves on the back or anything. But, but it was, we're it was, amazing. 
was pretty freaking sweet. I, you know, <laughs> no, no lie. It was like we won packs. Right? Yeah, that yep. sounds awesome. We scored we scored more cool points than most. So yeah, well, that, that, we that is that is the cool points at the end of the weekend. Is it's like the the house winning the house cup, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the highlight, the highlight there, of course, was Kaladesh. We had a bunch of preview cards. Yeah. We did a show. Jimmy Wong was there to host and do things. Uh, we got some badass announcer guy to <laughs> introduce like the top four of the world championships and do some other MC work. That was pretty amazing. Wish I knew that guy's name. <laughs> and uh, Eli, Eli Schifrin. All right, it wasn't Eli. Schifrin. It was decidedly not Eli. Schifrin. No. Uh. Mark Rosewater? I don't... Yeah, it was decidedly not Mark Rosewater. No. He's got a pretty distinctive voice. You would know him if you heard him. Well, I mean, I mean, just what you were describing, it sounded uh, it sounded very Rosewater-esque. That's true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Sarah, I, I saw on, on Facebook you were you were sharing a, um, a post dealing with an organization called Extra Life. Yes, uh, we uh, Magic and D and D just did a 24-hour stream each this weekend uh, to raise money for uh, the Miracle Network hospitals, including uh, Seattle Children's Hospital and uh, several others. And it was awesome. There was first 24 hours of D and D, and they played games, and it was excellent. And then we came in and did 24 hours of Magic, and uh, we had some cool MC guy for that too. And uh, I played Conspiracy. I took the crown a lot, and we raised ninety-seven thousand dollars between the both of us. It was awesome. So, so the twenty-four hours of D and D that was that was just one combat, right? <laughs> no, like, they, like eight people trying to figure out can I can I shoot him in the face with an arrow in, instead of doing like large uh, army rules, you know, where you have like massive numbers of figures moving as one. They just decided to treat it individually, so it was like the Lord of the Rings, like Battle of Minas Tirith, but each individual orc got die rolls, and it took a really, really <laughs> long time. I can just imagine how how wow. <laughs> Some of them want to use like feats or whatever Fifth Edition has now. Uh, I've only played fifth edition. I will admit, I've only played it once. So oh. It was a lot of fun. Well, really, really, everything was going fine until uh, someone decided that they had to grapple, and then the game stopped while everyone had to look up what the rules for grapple was. Yeah, <laughs> half of them were in a prone position, and the other half were. All right, guys. <laughs> before this turns into Dungeons and Dragons cast, uh, we should it was all very strange. Now, I mean, that's the next episode of my Mass podcast. I certainly don't want to turn your podcast into an advertisement for D and T. D and D. Now, I have heard stranger things happen, but <laughs> we should really stick to magic. That's what we're here talking about. It's true. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Awesome. All right. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about about Extra Life before we moved on? Um, uh, it's. I would like to mention it's probably not too late to give us money. Definitely and, not. We can uh, uh, maybe put links in the show notes. We super enjoy taking money, and this time we're doing it on behalf of charity. So yep. uh, if you'd like to check out our uh, charity pages, I, uh, can I say the URL? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's. So we, we, we made a redirect. It's tinyurl.com slash magic extra life and there's all kinds of information i don't know like we were giving away some gifts is that to all people one, that donated money is that all one word magic extra life or is there dashes or no dashes or anything just yeah straight okay. one word uh we had some gifts that we were up i can't promise that they're still going to be there when you hear this 
I can't promise a Kaladesh is going to be out when you hear this. <laughs> I don't understand how time travel works. I can't promise anything. But go to that website. Maybe maybe it's awesome. And even if there is not, maybe you'll get to give some money to sick kids. That's that's not a bad thing. Yep. Hey. Awesome. Okay. So at at this point, we're gonna we're gonna transition into talking about the our main topic, which is the mechanics uh, of Kaladesh and then the individual cards. Uh, so Matt and Sarah both have. Uh, they're, they're important people with important things to do, so they might actually have to leave before uh, we get to the end. So they're going to participate. Um, hey, Sarah, how long do we have to stay on this uh, interview? We can leave right now if can you we want. Just, can we just go now? We can just bounce. Okay. Did you, yeah. you, you hit mute, right? I did hit mute. Okay, good. Wait a minute. <laughs> so you know, whenever they feel like it's it's appropriate to, uh, uh, that they need that they need to go, uh, then they're, they're just gonna we'll we'll probably say our goodbyes at that point in time. Uh, we or, or, or we'll just or we we'll just start, the... hear a door slam and a car peel off in the distance. We are radio. super happy to stay as long as you uh, want. We would love to talk about it until we're done. Hit me again. Oh, holy cow, this is taking a long time. We haven't even started talking about cards. It's like Wednesday. Well, I'll, get, I'll push them along. I'll push them along. Right, I think it's just geez, it's not here. crazy. All right, I'm muted. Okay. All right, and we're back. So, are, are we you guys start? getting ready to get started? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We just, we just yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, one of the cool things uh, uh, that, that they just recently announced, this was, I believe, last week, they introduced uh, what's called the Masterpiece Series. So what this is, is if you remember from a year or two ago uh, with Zendikar, they had expeditions, which were full, awesome, full art, foil, premium cards, kind of hidden in packs at, a you know, some rate that, that said it was about the same as like a, a, a premium uh, mythic um, that were all of really cool lands, maybe reprints of older lands. And this year or this set, it's coming back. Uh, in the, in a set called the Masterpiece series, and it looks like that's going to it's going to be repeated uh, in the foreseeable future for sets coming up, is what Mr. Rosewater said in his article. So we're really really excited about that. Uh, and for Kaladesh, that is going to be the instead of lands, which was for Zendikar, Kaladesh is going to be artifacts. Um, so these that is currently pretending to be an artificer over here. I'm is he? Going to point is that out, yeah. He's pretending to be... How does one pretend to be an artificer? There's lots of hand gestures involved. (laughs) (laughs) You mime artificing. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm just going to glance real quick at our legal team. Uh, Yes, everything you said is correct. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, He's sitting there with the legal team in the room. Uh, Yes. So, So... these these artifact uh, these expeditions I want to say there's there's actually a lot of them there's uh, probably twenty ish it looks like twenty or twenty or twenty five or yeah. thirty or something I honestly don't remember the number a lot. <laughs> there are a lot yes yeah. uh, we yeah, revealed all of them though yes yeah and, and they look sweet like it's everything from hangerback walker to mana crypt. So, so there's 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 thirty of these these artifact expeditions in in the masterpiece series, and they're going to be available in packs. So when you sit down to draft at your F and M, you could very well open up uh, 
you know, a, a card such as a, a Chrome Mox or a Gauntlet of Power or a really sweet uh, Lotus Petal or Mana Crypt. As, as sweet as these things are, one of the questions is going to come up is, okay, so I just got one of these Can I in my draft, so can I first pick it and play it? And Yes. Absolutely. Oh, was that a question for me? Well, I mean, it can be. You can, you okay. can probably change it, and I wouldn't be able to argue. So uh, I can do a quick breakdown of legality for Kaladesh Inventions, if you like. Sure, go for it. Okay, so if you open them up in a limited event, they are definitely playable. They are in your card pool. Uh, you you can and should play them. Uh, as far as constructed goes, essentially they're legal in whatever format they would otherwise be legal in. So just because they appear in a Kaladesh booster pack does not necessarily make them legal for standard. Now, some of the inventions are actually cards in the Kaladesh set. So those cards are legal in whatever formats other Kaladesh cards are in. But for a card like Soul Ring or Static Orb, uh, whatever formats they were legal in before, that's what they're legal in now. Does that all make sense? Yeah. So you could you could play a, a Masterpiece series uh, Cataclysmic Gear Hulk in your standard deck, but you would not be able to play a, a, uh, a Cloudstone Curio in your standard deck. Correct, because Cloudstone Curio is not in a standard legal set. And for this purpose, we're considering Kaladesh Inventions its own set. Right. So one, one last thing I want to note, because this question does come up for, for, for new judges a lot. So you're in a draft, and a player opens up a, uh, a Mana Vault or, or something along those lines, and they don't want to damage that, but they don't want to damage that card uh, by playing it. Um, and so they ask, hey, can I, can I make a proxy of this card in order to play it? And the answer is, is no. Uh, the answer is no. There, there is one situation in which a proxy can legally be made, and that is a card is damaged in the course of play of a tournament. And that's when a judge can make a proxy to stand in for that card. Before the event, card's not damaged. There's no, there's no like, I don't want to play this provision. I want to play this, but I don't want to play this. That is not a thing. Right. And, and if in you order are, to play a magic card, you have to have that magic card. And, and when, uh, uh, if, if the card does get damaged during the course of play and you do issue a proxy, uh, revised planes are the card of choice for, for, uh, uh for that. <laughs> Yeah, you you do you boo. That's not, I'm just I'm just saying that Sharpie on a revised planes is is tech. I, I prefer to use spare Jace the Mind Sculptors just to laying around. Uh, <laughs> big money dumps you know, here. The stories I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you, hang, you hang up on me. I hang up on me. Well, we, we, we we've seen articles when, where you get where for when you guys do the playtest cards. Uh, you just sticker over other cards, and you don't yes. really have a whole lot of uh, care for what those cards are. So. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But mistakes sometimes are made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that's that's a, a cool, neat thing. Uh, uh, the Masterpiece Series is a cool, neat uh, addition to the game. 
Uh, it's very cool, and there are some awesome artifacts that I can't wait to get a hold of. And, and dare we say, very neat. And they're very pretty in life. The the foiling is is gorgeous. It looks like just it looks different. It's really really neat. I, I like them. I'm excited yeah. about them. Quick yeah. shout out to uh, uh, Liz Leo yes. who uh, worked very tirelessly on those frames. She did a great job. Yep. They are awesome. She did a lot of awesome work in this uh, in that set and this one to make uh, you know things look think new things look super neat. So. So. Uh... The, the next mechanic that we want to talk about is uh, this mechanic called energy. Uh, so that's that's something new that, that we hadn't seen before. Jess? Yeah, energy is kind of weird. Um, so uh, energy, energy, yeah, that's what we were going to say on the on the booster packs to try and sell people on the yeah, set. Energy is <laughs> kind of weird. weird. Hey, you know what? Weird things sell the judges. Okay. You need to get um, your hands on this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's it's weirder that it's it's new, right? Like, uh, energy is a new thing that y- you as a player can get, like having a poison counter or in some cases an experience counter. Um, it, it's just a counter that you can have, uh, and it's got its own symbol, and you can get energy and you can spend energy, but it's important to know that it's not mana. Uh, it's a counter you keep until the, the game is over or you have spent it. Um, you can't use it to cast spells i think unless there's something i missed um, there are no energy is uh, only used for either activated abilities or the resolution of triggered abilities will yeah. invite you to pay energy for an effect oh, okay we're being invited. let me ask you <laughs> let me ask you a question i'm not asking you if there are any cards that that do this because there are not and we know that but do the, the rules allow for that to exist uh so effectively? There are certainly we, we can have additional costs. I mean, we can okay. we can require darn near anything as an additional cost. We chose not to do this with energy, uh, basically just to sort of give it its own identity and to distance it a little bit from mana. Okay, that makes sense. So, uh, I mean, could a theoretical spell say you know as an additional cost to cast card name pay ee? Uh, yes, the rules would allow it, but we chose as a design decision not to do that. Um. So, uh, basically, the way this works is that you, if you have an effect that, that invites you to pay energy, uh, you, you just remove one or more of those counters uh, that, is, that is the appropriate number, and then you have, have paid that cost. Correct. Uh, so, so it's, it's a resource you accumulate, counters you have. I intend to use Oreos as my energy counters. I was thinking sure. Skittles. And, but, yeah. uh, and so with Swedish fish Oreos. Oh my god! Right, I'm, I'm going to pay them by consuming them. And and they give uh, you their, they give you energy. Consume energy. Yeah, the danger. <laughs> the, the danger here is that uh, you end up just your counters just end up disappearing for no reason because yes. Oreos That's are delicious. always the danger. Well, with... Then you get then you get to yell that you need additional pylons or something along those lines. That's Wizard, wizard needs food. Judge, badly. I ran out of energy counters because I ate them. Is that a real judge call we might have? <laughs> I had a bunch of energy counters, but then I got hungry, and now I don't know how many I'm supposed to have anymore. Right. Huh. Uh, so, uh, so this is a new thing. Uh, this kind of new resource that's being added to Magic. Um, was there any concern that this might seem too much like? Uh, some other games that have that kind of resource, or, or how is that how is that viewed? So, I mean, creatively, energy is based on aether uh, or ether, right. 
uh, I always mispronounce that word. I apologize. Uh, ether, which is sort of the we know as the kind of stuff between planes. And then Kaladesh has kind of a special relationship with Ether in that it's really their primary power source and kind of everything they do, their magic is fueled by Ether. So energy is a good way to sort of encapsulate that concept, while at the same time, doesn't it doesn't necessarily tie it to Kaladesh. So in theory, you know, energy counters could come up on other worlds. We have, you know, obviously no plans yet, but the door is open for that. So energy, as just as a nice generic concept, I... It is really just tied to the ether on Kaladesh more than anything else. Awesome. Um, so I've, I've uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to say about uh, energy before we moved on? I think we we pretty much covered how it works. Uh, you'll see it as part of a, uh, a cost for things, and then it's got its own little symbol that looks kind of like a star with a lightning bolt through it. Yeah, like a lightning bolt coming down. Uh, just uh, as you'll see in Kaladesh, you've seen all the cards. Most cards that give you energy also give you a way to spend it. Um, and it's totally mix and match. You can collect energy from one card and spend it on the abilities of another. All energy counters are interchangeable. Uh, if you happen to play Two-Headed Giant, remember that players collect energy counters, not teams, which is not Ooh. quite how uh, poison counters work, because poison counters are um, a different concept, you know, tied to life total and that. So just a, a reminder there for the pre-release goer. That makes sense. Um, and... Uh... Is there no? There's no maximum number of uh, amount of energy that you can have, right? Uh, there is no maximum. So, okay. but really, if you, I mean, if you're collecting that much energy, you should be spending that. These effects are pretty good. Don't I, don't. I, I, I want to hoard all of the Oreos, all of them. You need to you just really eat those. spend it and get more Oreos. <laughs> Magic the Gathering presents Kaladesh. Get more Oreos. <laughs> Oreos are a registered trademark of somebody, not us. We just like your cookies. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, um, do you guys want to tell us about uh, uh, vehicles uh, and and that new stuff, or do you want to? How do you want to talk about that? Uh, so, I actually earlier we were talking about Liz Leo and her awesome work on uh -huh. the Masterpiece series, and uh, vehicles are another thing that uh, she worked really hard on the frame for. And so, it's a new card type, um, and uh, sorry, uh, and uh, she worked really hard on the frame to make it look and evoke the feel of vehicles. But I'm not really bad talking about it. So, uh, vehicles, as you know, are a new card subtype. We're getting there. <laughs> he showed you. So, still got some rules manager chops. Uh, I do not have judged. New type of new type of artifact. Uh, so vehicles, uh, you know, cool concept that players have been kind of asking for for many, many years. Uh, Rosewater and the design team have been kind of noodling about different ways to do this on various worlds, and Kaladesh just was the perfect opportunity because they're all about innovation and building cool stuff. So you get vehicles, uh, which are artifacts that start out as, you know, lonely artifacts not able to attack or block, but each has a crew ability that turns it into an artifact creature until end of turn. If you uh, have a brave crew that you can tap uh, any number of creatures with uh, total power equal to some number or more, it becomes an artifact creature and wakes up and can attack or block. 
So, so an example, uh, the example from the release notes is called the, almost said the Armada Express. It's the Ar- Aradara Express. The Aradara Express. The Aradara Express. Uh, it's shown in the art, stopped at, uh, platform nine and three quarters. Um, it costs five mana for an artifact vehicle. It has menace and crew of four, uh, which means you have to tap any number of creatures with, uh, with a total power of four or more, tap creatures you control. Uh, you don't want to be tapping your opponent. Well, I mean, you probably do want to be a tap. To be, you want to be, but you can't. It's your 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 buddies are getting in the Aradara Express, powering it up, turning on the lights, and when they do, uh, the Aradara Express becomes an eight six artifact creature until end of turn. With menace. Yeah, with, menace. with menace. So 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 we learned from Magic that. You, if you're gonna jump in front of a train, you've got to bring your friend. Right. You can't just take on. You just do it by so yourself. That'll work. Now these uh, the Ardor Express, which is a very very cool vehicle. It's it's my favorite one. It's a common, so uh, I can tell you its playtest name was definitely not BFT. I wish it were. Big, <laughs> big friendly train. Big friendly train. Um, the friendliest. Yeah, so it's uh, it's big, it's big eight six menace. I'm really excited to uh, put all of my creatures that I tap on top of the vehicle and just like scoot it across the I will make attack? train noises one hundred percent. Like what kind of train noises? Choo-choo. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Okay, so so the the Aradar Express uh, does not have haste. Uh, if it, it does becomes, if, 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 so it's gotta, it's gotta start the turn on your side in order to, uh, instead of, in order to choo choo on over your opponent's right. face. But you could still activate it that turn, which is awkward because you just did a useless engine test. <laughs> well, it, also the, the train is happy to, uh, choo choo into position to block for you. True. Uh, on your opponent's turn before it can, uh, do the choo choo and the pew pew. <laughs> Um, and one of the, one of the other neat neat interactions is that if you crew a smaller uh, uh, vehicle, that vehicle becomes an artifact creature that you can then cr- tap Brilliant. to crew a, uh, a a train. Yeah, you can like put the canoe canoe on the choo choo and then send it uh, with the pew pew to give your opponent a boo boo. That all works. I, Jess, I think that needs to be the beginning. Of the show. <laughs> Could be. Could be. If you can pull this off, your opponent, of course, is in deep doo-doo. So, right. <laughs> um, yes, once uh, – so the, the sort of overall point here is that once a vehicle has been crewed and that ability resolves, it is an artifact creature. It can do anything creatures can do. It can attack. It can block. It can even be enchanted or equipped, but – as a reminder, the uh, effect that makes it a creature will expire at end of turn. Mm-hmm. So if it is enchanted or equipped, that equipment's going to fall off, that enchantment's going to hit the graveyard. So, But if you want, just want to do a one-turn burst, there you go. All right. Uh, some some other notes on on vehicles. So if you have some other effect that animates uh, animates an artifact, says uh, sets its power and toughness to a specific value, and then you crew your vehicle um, because of the way the layers work uh, the the ability that sets its power and toughness to a specific value is going to uh, say Tezzeret's animation ability uh, that makes it a 5-5 five five. if you 
when you crew your vehicle, it's going to become a 5.5, and you're not going to pay right, attention because to the, 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 the printed power toughness, which only applies if it's a creature, is essentially the base power toughness. So anything that affects power toughness after that point is going to overwrite or modify. Okay. And and the final thing that we want to talk about, because we are we are a judge cast, a judge cast and we care about tournaments, uh, we want to talk about uh, the tournament shortcuts. Uh, so there is a tournament shortcut that when you offer your opponent, you know, combat, attacks, something like that, and they say, okay, you're now in declare attackers. Okay. Right. Which means yeah, battle mode. What battle mode, uh, swingsies, choo choo with the pew pew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I may, I may change all these names when I get back to my desk. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oracle rules of tape by Matt Tabak. Uh, can, can we, can we change the, uh, the beginning of combat step to the crew step? Cause that would make a lot of sense. So uh, a, a quick side note, uh, what as we explored various implementations of vehicles as they went through design and development, one possible rule set that I created had crewing your vehicles be a turn-based action during declare attackers or blockers. So p- part of going through declare attacks was crew your vehicles and then declare attacks and then pay any attack costs that may appear. Mm-hmm. That ultimately <laughs> ended up a little confusing and there were some gameplay uh, ramifications of that that we weren't happy with, so we moved away from that system. But uh, that was something we were talking about was inventing a new turn-based action for crew. I'm, I'm, re- I'm actually really happy because it, it sounds like you guys were probably thinking about doing this to kind of get around the whole tournament, ter- the tournament play issue. Uh, that, that that always revolves around people kind of wanting to to wordsmith around the the, the combat steps. So I'm actually really uh, kind of happy to hear that you guys were considering that angle. Yeah, I mean, it's tournament play is a, a pretty big consideration for us, and anytime we can adjust a rule or an ability such that it makes it harder for the player to you know screw up, well, we're definitely happy to do that. So. So just just to just to go back and clarify, if you if you are a player and you have a vehicle and you ask your opponent combat, and they say okay, combat, combat, and they go okay, you're now in the declare attacker step. The next thing you but, the next thing you do is tap your dudes and and push them into mm-hmm. the red zone. There is no opportunity to crew, so you need to be very explicit. But my train, <laughs> I, I, it's just you wanted there. a choo choo. He's just sitting there like that that weird train at the beginning of Mystery Men that was sitting in the junk pile. It's just sitting there. Did I make a boo-boo? <laughs> true, true. Oh, poo-boo. Oh, poo-boo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so uh, before before we start talking about uh, uh, Fabricate, you, you guys created a new terminology for how tokens get made. Uh, oh, we did. Uh, yeah, you created a new one. Much like we did with, uh, that was good, much like we did with dies a while ago, we're always kind of looking for ways to make magic cards easier to read, uh, and putting a token onto the battlefield was text we used a lot, and uh, we found that there was a just a better, clearer way to say that, and that is the new term create. So now instead of putting a 1-1 white soldier creature token with vigilance onto the battlefield or whatever. You just create a 1-1 white soldier. And you, you just couldn't go with assemble. 
What's that? You just couldn't go with assembles. Uh, assemble is uh, reserved <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> it's it's on one card, so we couldn't, we couldn't uh, just change that, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, what's what's funny about Create is that, so I, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm also the editor for Magic Duels, and we went and looked at uh, how Magic Duels introduces this concept, because that's really aimed at the newer player to get them familiar with things. And uh, we just used create informally all the time and no one ever blinked and thought twice about it. It was like, this creates a token that creates a token and people just get it. So like dies, most people just get it. That dies, that dies. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Seems good when cards reflect the way people talk. Yeah. Well, to a point, because I've heard people talk. (laughs) (laughs) We're not changing anything to like swing or mize or derp mize or <laughs> whatever this card punches you in the face. Right. Uh. Although a card, a card name with soul crush on it would be, uh, or dream crush on it would be. Uh... We're not issuing errata to murder to be like kill that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Next unset though, right? <laughs> just a just a removal spells that guy. Well, the, actually, the unset has a doesn't it have a kill spell called like kill kill guy or? Yeah, it was like a, a there was a cycle of cards that tried to get your opponent to say certain the words gotcha. or something. Gotcha. The gotchas. Yeah. It was like target game shuts up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not no the best guy. Oh, all right, so okay. so fabricate is a uh, is a new is a new mechanic that. Uh, Appears on certain cards, uh, such as Weaponcraft Enthusiast. Uh, zero one for two and a black. It says Fabricate two. Um, when this creature enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on it, or create two one one colorless Tom Servo artifact creature tokens. Um, uh, specifically, that is only if you're a Mystery Science Theater three thousand fan. If you are not, it yeah. just creates Servo tokens. This is a very cool ability. I've been uh, I've been crowing about this one for a while. Uh, the card, the specific card you mentioned, is one of the new Etherborn. So it's a new e- Etherborn new, <laughs> new creature type. Sarah's looking at me funny. So I've been crowing about this for. He made a Mystery Science Theater three thousand yes. joke. That's before my time. Right. Yeah, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> I don't think that was I don't think that was made when she was uh, born. The. Um, <laughs> So, oh my goodness. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's good. So yeah, triggered ability when it enters the battlefield. Uh, so a couple notes. Uh, you choose on resolution, not when the ability triggers or goes on the stack. Uh, and if the creature that has the fabricate ability is no longer there when the ability resolves, you just get your little servo buddies. Servo because buddies. you can't choose to put counters on the creature that's not there anymore. So that's, okay, that's cool. pretty straightforward. I, I do have one other note, though. Ooh. If the Because I've actually gotten this question a couple times since we previewed Fabricate. If the Fabricate number is greater than one, you can't split it up. It's it's N counters or N servos. Okay. This is not a... Uh, you can't mix and match it like it were a metallic buffet of sorts. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Water decks is where it's going next. We got those to talk about. The show notes say we're going to now talk about planeswalker decks. Yes. Yes. So, what so, is a planeswalker deck? 
it's it's a it's a deck. Uh, it's also called Super Friends. It's a deck with a whole bunch of planeswalkers in it. Uh, that no something like that. Something like that. Um, well, golly gee, host, that doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> no. Let's go to Sarah for some actual information. <laughs> nope, Sarah has no information. <laughs> planeswalker decks are a new. Are a new offering that we have. We're they gonna, are, we're gonna go to a website. For, yeah, we're gonna go to a website. We're gonna do it. Um, <laughs> they are decks that are created for uh, for newer players, um, and they are full of standard legal cards, including the Marquee Planeswalker for each one of them. And there are some really pretty Planeswalkers uh, for our newest ones called Chandra Pyrogenius and Nissa Nature's Artisan. So each of these decks has these uh, Planeswalkers and they're meant to get newer players into tournament play. So this this is just this is an another another offering. Uh, the Planeswalkers look pretty pretty sweet and they look pretty well well placed for, for casual play. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really excited about these actually. Uh, yeah, so these, uh, like Sarah said, these are kind of aimed at newer players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so each deck has a Planeswalker in it, and it is a standard legal Planeswalker. Uh, but it's not it's not in boosters. Yeah, so the cards, there are some cards in the Planeswalker decks you can only find in the Planeswalker decks. Now, they are Kaladesh cards. They have the Kaladesh expansion symbol. They're numbered as kind of extra cards in the set. Like, for example, there's 264 cards in the set. Is that right? 264? Yeah. 264. yeah but, but like, but, so Chandra is like 265 out of 264, uh-huh. but to, to let let you know that it's a little bonus thing. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. So there's a Chandra deck, there's a Nissa deck. Each one has a certain number of uh, new cards and also a bunch of existing cards. And it's a, a cool deck that you can just play right out of the box. Uh-huh. Great for introducing people to the game. It also gives them a, you know, a lot of flavor. Like the Chandra deck is very Chandra-focused. And you even get like you know a planeswalker to play with, which yep. is cool. And, cool. and 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 they're meant to be kind of the next step up from the welcome deck. So you teach somebody how to play. They're real excited about magic, and they say, "Man, I want to go to an event." And you say, "Well, this is the best next step for you." And you get your own planeswalker, and they just learned about planeswalkers. So they're really excited, and they can then take it to their standard F and M and battle. And it's it's pretty excellent. And planeswalkers uh, are super exciting. For... Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're the marquee characters in the set. You know, we, we just want people to know about them. So this gives you a taste of their abilities and a little bit about, you know, you read the flavor text on the other cards and you learn a little bit more about them. And I'm going to say something now that our brand department would probably not want me to say. But uh, if you're a newer player, like magic is awesome and expansive, but building a deck is kind of challenging, right? Yeah, there's just yeah. there's a lot to think about and do and concepts like mana curve and mm-hmm. synergy. And it's like, if you're in week one or two, that's, that's a tough thing to get your hand or head around. So this is a good, good way to sort of put it all together for a player mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. So at this point, we're going to, we're going to transition into our, uh, the card by cards. Uh, so we'll, we'll, yeah. go over. we picked, we picked uh, some cards that we feel, uh, while may not necessarily be lighting it up on the Pro Tour anytime in the near future, they do illustrate uh, uh, rules or rules questions that we want to have answered so that when you go to your pre-release, you know exactly uh, what an Aether Flux Reservoir does. Jess, what does an Aether Flux Reservoir do? 
uh, ether flux reservoir, I believe. Ether, I, I don't know. Mispronunciation is it, is it? flux. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this this card uh, is an artifact that costs four mana. And it says whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you cast this turn. And you can pay 50 life. And if you do, Aether Flux Reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player. Jeez. Because if you're going to deal 50 damage, you might as well do it to a creature as well. <laughs> hey, sometimes Platinum Angel needs to die. <laughs> this, is, this is go big or go home is what this card is. You're probably going home after this, regardless of the going big. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, if, if you have a Platinum Angel, you just get yourself up to 100, and you're like, I'm going to shoot it at you, and then and then with that on the stack, shoot your Angel. Uh, just saying. Anyway. Sometimes Platinum Angel needs to die first. <laughs> uh, so, a um, couple things with this. The This is a triggered ability. The first ability that gains life is a triggered ability that triggers when you cast a spell. Uh, the triggered ability has triggered when you cast it, so even if the spell is countered... Um, the triggered ability will still resolve unless that ability itself is countered or somehow removed from the stack. Um, and this spell counts uh, all spells you've cast uh, this turn, even if you didn't have an Aether Flux Reservoir out at the time. Uh, so if you cast Aether, if you cast uh, Aether Flux Reservoir as your first spell and then follow it up with something else, that's your second spell this turn. So it counts itself and you'll gain two life. <coughs> Um, so the triggered ability also counts the number of spells that have been cast as it resolves. So if you cast a bunch of things, uh, you know, stacked up on top of each other, you will actually gain more life that way because each trigger will count the number of spells that have been cast at the time it resolves. And you've already cast all these spells, even though they haven't resolved yet. Um, anything else about this card? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so like, let's exactly say you fifty life. <laughs> yeah, don't use it if you have exactly fifty life. So, so if you use this ability uh, to pay fifty life, the cost is paying fifty life, and the effect is dealing fifty damage. So there is a moment where you have t- you have paid fifty life, and your opponent isn't dead yet. Uh, and if you're at like fifty three, and you use this ability, uh, and somebody lightning bolts you, you're just dead in response. So. Make sure that you can survive activating this ability. And also, you can only activate this ability if you have at least 50 life. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to kill myself with my Etherflux Reservoir if you don't have 50 life. Right. You can't activate the ability on spec. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have credit here. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the next card is Aether, Aetherstorm Rock. It's two white, white for a. Creature Bird 3 3. It's that, flying. That sounds like a great magic themed like metal band. What? Or not metal band. Like rock. Aetherstorm Rock. Aetherstorm Rock! Alright. So it's 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 a, it's flying. Uh, so it's a 3 3 flyer for uh, 4 mana. Uh, that says that has whenever Aetherstorm Rock, I can't hear it any other way. It's like a bad song <laughs> title now. <laughs> when either, when, whenever Jingle Bell Rock or another uh, creature enters the battlefield under your control, you get an energy counter. You get a Harry Potter scar counter. Um, and then whenever uh, Aetherstorm Rock attacks, uh, you may pay uh, two scar counters, two energy counters. If you do, 
put a plus one plus one counter on it and tap on it being the rock and the rock. I know. I just said, can you smell? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe that's why you tap them because they smell yeah. what the rock is just, cooking. Like, I'm gonna um, say that every time I attack with this card now, it's like yes, put a plus. Uh, one, I'm gonna okay. take two energy, and uh, that guy smells what the rock is. Cooking. <laughs> that guy smells what the rock is cooking. <laughs> so if you do put a plus one plus one counter on it, the rock, and tap up to one target creature, defending player controls. So, so Brian, yes, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you so like if you're in a draft? What do you think about this card? Uh, it doesn't matter it what doesn't you think about matter. this. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad you, I, you, it was such an obvious setup and I was like, oh, I'm going to look really stupid if I don't see where he's going. We're just doing this for the people. We are. <laughs> so, so, uh, this card I have to say is like a good strudel. The people's strudel. I, I vaguely remember this. <laughs> Are you guys making wrestling jokes? You guys yes, are making wrestling jokes. Oh, we're making wrestling jokes. I don't, I don't know anything okay. about wrestling. Neither do I. That's, that's but okay. go with it. Oh, that's you and I are in the team temporarily. Um, that team is that we're not so, in with the wrestling jokes. So, uh, so you choose to pay uh, the EE as the ability resolves. Your opponent doesn't get to know uh, if you're not going to pay or not. However, uh, you do choose the target for the second trigger. Um, at, you choose the target when, uh, uh, when you put the ability on the stack. So, um, so you are going to put the, they, they don't know if you're going to pay the energy, but they are going to know what creature is going to get tapped down if you were to pay the energy. Uh, so the question is, is going to be, it's, it's kind of more of, do you smell what the rock is cooking? And then it's, yes, yes, you do. Here's the energy. (laughs) You can, you choose to smell or not on resolution. Right. (laughs) Um, and, uh, if that target becomes illegal for whatever reason, protection or it gets sacrificed or something like that, the whole triggered ability is going to be countered and you will not have the opportunity to pay your EE. Uh, yep, that's true. You can't wait for them to pay it and then counter the ability with that. Um, it's not that cute. So, um, Sarah. So, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, Sarah, you mentioned that there was a card you wanted uh, Matt to go over. Um, yeah, I want. I uh, yeah. So. Uh, but it it's much later in the alphabet. Mm, it is, but I it's really important to me, and it's, it's before my card, so I'm like excited about that. So uh, when the previews were first happening for Kaladesh, I was at the World Championships with the World Championship judges, and we were sitting at the table, and we saw Panharmonicon. And uh, we looked at that and we were like, wow, this is going to be a pretty complicated card. And who better to talk about this complicated card than Matt Tabak? What does this card do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going uh, to read this out for your listeners uh, who may be listening to this while driving <laughs> and don't have access to Gatherer or a, some sort of resource to look up the card. So it's important that we read it to them. So it is, a, it is an artifact it costs four mana to cast. Uh, it is rare. It has the following text. If an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. And the flavor text, should that be important to your listeners, <laughs> is all who listen hear their own song, a unique melody played just for them. 
It's like Spotify, the card. <laughs> so, Panharmonicon, uh, which I'm pretty sure the playtest, uh, the rules text for this was just like, double all triggers. Yes. Comma, they'll figure it out. So you can imagine my unending joy when I saw this first show up in a card file. Uh, this is somewhat reminiscent of that other card that also references uh, triggered abilities in an unusual way. Do you know what card I'm thinking of? Strionic Resonator? yeah. The card that Stry- shall not be Resonator is a, uh, a very good guess. Is, is That's not, not the card you're referring to? Uh, Stranic Resonator was a good guess. The card I was actually thinking of was Torpor Orb. Oh. Uh, okay. Which said, creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to, to trigger new Phyrexia, if memory serves. What, what was the uh, text on that one? Just like, triggers don't work? They'll figure it yeah, out? Yeah, it was like, triggers don't work. And I was really anticipating a whole lot of rules uh, confusion about this. And I was right to some degree, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So we have Panharmonicon, which is basically the opposite. Instead of shutting down ETVs, we have a uh, subset of ETVs triggering twice. Uh, I think uh, at some point the text we were thinking of included, like, artifacts and creatures uh, enter the battlefield twice, I think was one of the texts we thought about oh. briefly. Oh, no, one knew yeah, no one knew what that meant. So anyway... <laughs> Uh, artifact creature entering the battlefield uh, causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger. So this could be an ability of the creature you control, like Fabricate. It could enter the battlefield and it has an ability that triggers when it enters the battlefield. And that would happen again. It could be uh, something like Soul Warden, where it's like a creature entering the battlefield caused it to trigger. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... So some, some things to keep in mind. Uh, it's We're not copying the triggered ability. It just triggers twice. So if the trigger has choices you need to make, for example, if it's a modal trigger, um, you can put those onto the battlefield in either order. You can make different decisions for each one, things you couldn't normally do if you were just copying an ability. So so in fa- for Fabricate, you could mix and match slightly within within yeah the because essentially there's two different abilities so i can go all servos on the first all counters on the next seems good see yeah seems not bad right <laughs> love this card <laughs> this card is a bit crazy but that's okay yeah all right uh so the next card is in in the alphabet is animation module yeah. That is right after Panharmonicon. That is <laughs> right after Panharmonicon. I'm going to get there someday. Okay, Animation Module is a one-mana artifact that has a lot of rules text. I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> it says, whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are placed on a permanent you control, you may pay one. If you do create a one-one colorless servo artifact creature token, and then it has an activated ability for three mana, and you tap it, and it says, choose a counter on target permanent or player. Give that permanent or player another counter of that kind. Design leads to progress. Uh, and just a friendly reminder with this card that placed means to put on something or it enters the battlefield with a counter. Um, if plus and plus one counters are put on more than one permanent, it'll trigger for each of them. 
Um, but if a permit's getting multiple counters, it's only going to trigger once. So like Fabricate 3, for example. Um, and the activated ability is placing counters on a thing, something, a permanent <laughs> or a player. It's a very exciting artifact card. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, Sarah. No, these, Stop it. These are, We're doing great. This is good notes. You're good All notes. good information. Shush. <laughs> you just got shushed. And right before he's hard to talk about. Yep. <laughs> Good luck with that. All right. <laughs> Matt, do you want to tell us about what I believe is pronounced Bomat career? Uh, I believe the B and the O are silent. It's just so Matt Courier's career. Is, no, is it's, this your invitational card? The, right. <laughs> Looks just like him. My B.O. is, my B-O is silent. Maybe yours may vary. <laughs> uh, Bomat Courier. Is a uh, one drop. It's an artifact creature. It's a construct. It's a one one with haste, and it says, whenever Bomat Courier attacks, exile the top card of your library face down. Reminder: you can't look at it. It has another ability that reads as follows: one red, comma, discard your hand, comma, sacrifice Bomat Courier, colon, <laughs> put all cards exiled with Bomat Courier into their owner's hands. We're exiling things face down again. So we are. So reminder, uh, the ability doesn't let you look at it. Uh, it does this by saying you can't look at it. <laughs> so the, you have sort of a secret pile of cards uh, forming from the Bomat Courier. And then when you're ready, you can disc- you can sacrifice Bomat Courier, discard your hand, and pay a red to get those cards into your hand. You basically trade the cards in your hand. With the cards exiled by Bomat Courier. Uh, it's important to note that each Bomat Courier is connected to the cards that it exiled. So if you have two of these, they form their own piles, and one doesn't, you know, they kind of keep track. Uh, so if you have a Bomat Courier, it attacks a few times, it exiles some cards, and then it dies before you have the chance to cash in. And then somehow you regrow the Bomat Courier and cast it again. It's a new object. It has no relation to the previous existence. It can't access the cards exiled by the other Bomat Courier, even if it's represented by the same card. Uh-huh. Yep. So if it if it dies or leaves the battlefield before you have a chance to activate its last ability, the exiled cards are just there until the game ends or they're processed or something. Uh that's it. Yeah, pretty much. That's, I mean, uh, cards, yeah, that's... It's that's a new, it interesting card, especially, like, it's it's very aggressive, but you also don't want it to die, so it's really strange. Right. Um, but So moving on, we have some important information from the consulate brought to you by Jess. Jess? Uh, yes, so uh, it turns out that the consulate has made a recent capture. <laughs> uh, captured by the consulate? Captured Jess, by the consulate? Harrowing. Can you tell us more? Harrowing. Yes. So the the creature that is captured by the consulate will no longer be doing any attacking. So everyone can feel safe. Um, I feel safer already. What else can you tell us? <laughs> uh, so there's a card. Uh, it's an enchantment. It's an aura. It costs three and a white. Called captured by the consulate. Uh, it has some great uh, story art of Pia Nilar. Uh, Pia Nalar? Who's that? She's so famous, she's infamous. She's Chandra's mama! What? She's Chandra's mama! No! Yeah! Chandra's mom is dead! Nah! 
She's not. She's on Kaladesh. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> Kaladesh on sale now. <laughs> no, not yet. Or, or maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> This could be like a puppet show. You know, Tayback just saying things like, and Sarah's like the Sarah puppet hitting the Tayback puppet on the head, being like, not yet, no, <laughs> shush. <laughs> it is often how work goes. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, captured by the consulate is an aura. You can enchant creatures that you don't control with it, um, and that creature cannot attack. And if an opponent casts a spell that has a single target, uh, you change that target to the enchanted creature if it's able to be targeted by that spell. Uh, now, interestingly, that creature can still block, and that creature can still use activated abilities. Um, you still control Captured by the Consulate, uh, so it's still looking for when your your opponents cast a spell. It's not referring to you casting a spell. That would be weird. Um, and... Also, auras are spells that target. So if somebody else, like your opponent, tries to cast Captured by the Consulate on your creature, when you already have a Captured by the Consulate on their creature, their creature will just have two Captured by the Consulates, because that's a spell that targets, and it can target the enchanted creature. Uh, no, it can't, because it's a creature you don't control. Never mind, I'm dumb. Uh, sorry. It's okay. Um, it's okay. It's okay. I want to represent CJ a little bit for a moment and point out that in the background of the rules text on this card, that there is a planeswalker symbol. And this is a new thing for the Vorthoses of the world in Kaladesh. Uh, and so you'll see I, at I the... the proper term is Vorthai. Oh, I've been corrected. For the Vorthai of the world. <laughs> um, on the bottom right of the card, any card that you see that has a planeswalker fork on it is at mtgstory.com, and you can go there to read about the story that is represented on the card, and I think that is super neat. That is really awesome. I, I really appreciate when the, that there's a way to connect the cards with the story. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there are things where I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is part of the story, but I would have no idea where to begin looking for that particular portion of the story. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of story stuff, Sarah, do you want to tell us about the next card? I think, yeah, I think I have time to tell you about this story card, which, you know, is the main person in the story, and then we might have to go, but... Also, this next card doesn't say mtgstory.com, and I'm pretty sure what you just told me. I know! <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this next story card, which isn't really a story card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at words. I have the best words. Um, okay, so uh, this is Chandra, Torch of Defiance. Yay! Uh, she's a four-mana planeswalker. What? Uh, two and two red. And she has a whole bunch of abilities. Um, she has two plus ones. She starts on four loyalty. So her first plus one is uh, exile the top card of your library. You can cast that card. If you don't, Chandra Torch of Defiance deals two damage to each opponent. Uh, the next one, next plus one is add two mana, two red mana to your mana pool. And then she has two minus abilities. Uh, minus three is Chandra Torch of Defiance deals four damage to target creature. And her ultimate, uh, her minus seven, is you get an emblem. I love emblems. Uh, with whenever you cast a spell, this emblem deals five damage to target creature or player. 
Um, so on her first plus one, uh, it's a user lose it sort of situation. If you are going to cast the card, you have to cast it as the ability resolves. And if you don't, uh, it deals two damage to uh, each opponent, um, which in Two-Headed Giant is pretty bananas because that means that they lose four life. Um, the second plus one ability is a question I got wrong on my level one exam. Fun fact. Uh, it is... Because a, you thought it was a mana ability? I did. I as, wrote that rule. Did you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's not a mana, mana ability, kids. It's a loyalty ability. Just a... Uh, Word to the words the wise aspiring at once. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, some more notes uh, regarding the exile card, though. It's since you do have to pay for it, it's not like one of those things where you're paying an alternate cost. Um, so since you aren't casting it for an alternate cost, you can use any that it might have, like overload um, or things like that. Um, let's see. I think there's one more thing about this card, which is that the emblem is colorless. And it deals colorless damage. It could do, it, it could target things that have protection from red, even though the red spell, even if a red spell triggered it. So, yay! I love Planeswalkers, and Chandra's my favorite Planeswalker. And my second day at Wizards, somebody told me that we were going to Chandra's plane, and I freaked out a lot and couldn't tell anybody for months, and it was terrible. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah is so excited by this card uh, that she uh, read all of those notes very excitedly. I and was... I just want to I just want to throw in, uh, of course, damage can't be colorless, but it is. Damage from a colorless source. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just you know, for the I, don't, I want colored damage for the uh, for the judges out there. Oh, I just want to make sure that they that makes that. sense because we're on this is Judge Cast. Oh, okay. With your hosts Brian Prilliman and Jess Stunks, <laughs> join them and their guests from Wizards of the Coast, Sarah Mox and Matt Tabak. We'll be back with more cards after this. All right, hit the mute button. Okay. All right, I've hit it. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to have to go. Oh, okay. But I'm going to pretend that I really, really want to stay. Okay. So. Yeah, you got to make them feel like you like them. Go along with that. I will. Okay. Um, I, it kind of sucks that we, you know, ran out of time. But, yes, it does. But whatever, because okay. i got to pee. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'm just going to just kind of go with me here. Okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. Unmute it. All right, unmute it. All right, guys, what's up? Oh, hey. Next so, card? Or? Yeah, uh, since you guys need to go, uh, do you. Do we you need to go? Yeah. Well, no. Um, I don't want to go. I love this. Let's do more cards. Well, I how about how about before 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 we move on to, to new cards, uh we have yeah, we do a we do a real quick game between Sarah and Jess. Oh I like games. Yeah, you like do a game? Oh, a little game. Um okay. this I'm game in, okay. this game is called um mixed drink or wrestling finishing move. <laughs> oh, <I'm> so excited. <laughs> This is like uh, like uh, five dropper zombie or yes, whatever, but like way cooler. Right. Five dropper zombie. I've never played this. That's it's a, it's awesome. a limited resource okay, so, thing. So we're gonna we're gonna go back and forth. Awesome. Uh, okay, mixed drink or wrestling star? Is this what no, it is? Mixed drink is... or wrestling finishing move. Wrestling finishing move. Finishing yes. move. Oh, okay. All right. Or no, wait. Are these all finishing moves? Uh, I have not seen this list. Oh, it's it's a it's. It's going to be. Play? It's a mix of both. You're going to know all of them. All right. Of course, I'm going to know. Well, well, Matt, 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 and I briefly talked about this uh, before, and he, I think he would win. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. 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 So, so I'm going to go back and forth, and at the end, okay. we'll tally up the points, and I have a tiebreaker in case it's necessary. Um, I'm very excited. So, Wait, who? What does the winner get? Can I throw in a couple of these also? Uh, yes. Do you- sure. Just so long as there is, as long as you do them in pairs. Sure. Okay. 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 All right, uh, Sarah. 
Yes. Superfly smash. Wrestling move. Correct. Jess. Flaming volcano. Uh, mixed drink. Correct. Sarah. We are good at this. Black. We know more about wrestling than I thought. Okay. <laughs> Black velvet. <laughs> what? Black velvet. Wrestling move. Uh, that is a mixed drink. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Jess. Stone cold stunner. <laughs> It's got to be a wrestling move. <laughs> Sarah? Yes? Diamond cutter. Wrestling move. All right. Bang! Yeah! Uh, Jess? Snake bite? Oh. Jess. Uh, Jess. What? This is easy. Uh, mi- mixed trick. There you go, buddy. It is. All right. <laughs> Matt, do you want to add some of this? Uh, so, I, I mean, I just I have a couple. I don't know if I'm going to do them in pairs. Uh... So the first one I'll do uh, is Tequila Sunrise. It's got to be a wrestling move, right? Like where you do the... You can both guess. Sarah goes wrestling move. Okay, I say wrestling move. Uh, I got to say it's a big strength because I, I got to take the odds that it's that makes not sense. a wrestling so, move. Point to both of you. It's both. both. Yeah, what? It's both. <laughs> That's awesome. It is uh, Conan's old finishing move. Uh, is for called Tequila Sunrise, and is a it's a, a some sort of tequila drink with grenadine and orange juice. Right. And so you could forever ask yourself the question: which case came first, the Tequila Sunrise or the Tequila Sunrise? That's right. Uh, the next one I have is the Heineken Rana. I'm I'm running it back. Wrestling move. Wrestling move. Okay. Yep. Same. That is correct. It is a wrestling move used by the uh, forever drunk Sandman in ECW. Okay, it's a wrestling thing all over on my. Sarah, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll double time this. Singapore sling. Okay. Uh, drink. Jess, the million dollar dream. Wrestling move. All right, uh, Sarah, corpse reviver. Uh, wrestling move. Uh, that is a drink. Ooh. Should we yes. correct in the last two? Got it. Uh, the five five star frog smash or fr- five star frog splash. Ooh, uh, mixed drink. That is a wrestling move uh, right. from, uh, uh, that's one of the Shawn Michaels, isn't it? Uh, which one? I didn't hear it. I'm the sorry. The five star frog splash. Five star frog splash is Rob Van Dam. Uh, Sarah, the woo woo. Yes. The woo woo? Yes. Drink. Woo woo. That's a drink. Yes. Woo-woo. Just the Batista bomb. Uh, wrestling move. So, I was positive after the woo-woo you were going to go with the broski boot. But. <laughs> um, Sarah, the salty dog? Drink, maybe. <laughs> is this the final answer? No. Yes, yes, this is the final answer. All right. Jess, the correct. Jess, the golden eye. Uh, drink. It is a drink. Sarah, the perfect plex. Wrestling move. Yes, and Jess, cobra clutch. Wrestling move. Uh, yeah, okay. I have a tiebreaker if we need it. <laughs> I just want to. Jump. I don't think we do. I think if you tally it up, you'll you'll see that we don't need a tiebreaker. What are you saying? You're the winner, Jess? Oh, yeah, I think right. you are, though. We'll definitely do a tiebreaker. <laughs> I do just want to step in and defend my colleague for just a moment. I don't think this game is very fair to Sarah. Uh, she's not a wrestling fan at all. Like she's watched zero wrestling because uh, I asked her about this before we went on the air, and I don't believe she's old enough to drink. That's uh, so. Ooh, that's true. Wait that's, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's that's. I don't know what country you guys are in right now. Uh, but I don't think that's true. The score, the score is six to seven. Jess dunks. Oh, 
I'm yeah. so surprised. Drunk, I was this close. Yeah. I know. I know. I know nothing about wrestling, but uh, I know a little bit about drinks. Uh, <laughs> yes. The, the the bonus was going to be the four horsemen. Is that a wrestling? That's a drink. Damn it! I'm really not old enough it to is, drink. It is. It is a drink, but but there were there is a wrestling team called the Four Horsemen. <gasps> okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Woo-hoo. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, anytime. I was. Um, thank you for having us. It was great going through all seven new cards in Caledon. Yeah, well, we're, um, we're going to talk about some more. It's been a longer episode than we than we intended. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah. Please have us back um, anytime because yeah. we don't get to talk to people. They don't, they don't let us out very often. This is <laughs> fun. It is fun. It's like we have friends. Kind of. Kind of. I think. I don't, I don't remember having friends, but I imagine it's a lot like this. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys very much for being on. It's, it's, been, no it's been a blast. Yay. Peace out, judges and judge host people. Peace out or whatever. And Sarah, best fan number one. <laughs> All right. Number one super fan. Bye. Thank you, guys. Yeah. See you. Thanks. Back for Aether Revolt. Okay. Mute the call. Okay. I still got to pee. Bye. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're going to continue on uh, without Matt and without Sarah. Uh, they lost the conference room, so uh, and apparently Matt had to use the bathroom. So uh, I think he's be... starting another podcast. Probably. They said that they were going to do that. So we're going to get started, uh, or continue on, rather. Um, next card is Cultivator's Caravan. Uh, it's for three mana. It's a 5-5 five, five artifact vehicle. Uh, tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Crew of three. Um, and it is a 5-5 five, five if you decide to crew it. Um, so one of the notes is, if you played it this turn, you can use the tap ability because it's just a plain artifact. However, if you decide to crew it, uh, it becomes a creature. And it doesn't have haste, so you can't tap it for mana of any color. Uh, weird, huh? That is a bit weird. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't think anybody's really going to do that though. No, probably not. Yeah. It's, uh, it's probably not going to happen. So, uh, moving on to the next card, uh, we have uh deadlock trap, which is another one of those story cards, which got the little website in the bottom, right? You can look at to see the story, uh, for Kaladesh. Um, deadlock trap costs three mana and says deadlock trap enters the battlefield tapped. When Deadlock Trap enters the battlefield, you get two energy counters, and you can tap it and pay one energy counter to tap target creature or planeswalker, and its activated abilities can't be activated this turn. Uh, so activated abilities um, are abilities that have a cost and a colon followed by um, a an effect, and uh, there are a few other kinds of activated abilities like they, they're keyworded, like equip, that aren't referenced here, but uh, also, and this is important for this card, Planeswalker's loyalty abilities are activated abilities, and you can't use them uh, if you if you hit it with a deadlock trap. Um, <clears throat> another thing here is if you have a deadlock trap out and your opponent plays a Planeswalker, uh, they have priority first before you get to activate deadlock trap to activate the Planeswalker ability. If they do something other than that, you can respond with the deadlock trap and hit it, but you can't uh, you can't just do it after it resolves. They get they get to use their planeswalker if they do it smart. Right. All right. 
the next card is Insidious Will. Um, for two blue blue, it is now listen listen to this list of things. You get to choose one. Um, you can counter target spell, or you may choose new targets for target spell, or you can copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for that copy, or you can uh, make up new abilities for this card, <laughs> or you can do everything like nine times. No, this this card's insane. This is um, this 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 card is a lot. Uh, so. Uh, when you cast the spell, uh, you get to choose one, and you are going to be choosing it when you cast it. Uh, the player will know uh, what spell you're targeting and which the modes you're doing, whether you're going to be countering it, whether you're going to be choosing new car- targets for it, or whether or not you're going to be copying it. Uh, so they get they, they get to know before it resolves, uh, and they can respond to that choice. Um, that's really all I got for that. But it's, 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 it's a Jesus, a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that's you've pretty much copied it or covered it all here uh, with what this does. Um, is there anything else you want to mention about it? No, I'm quite uh, quite willing to move on to the next. Cool. So the next card we're going to talk about is um, Madcap Experiment. Uh, Madcap Experiment is a sorcery for three and a red. Uh, it says, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Madcap Experiment deals damage to you equal to the number of cards revealed this way. Um, so when you count it up to deal the amount of damage, the artifact that you reveal is going to be part of that damage. Uh, so if you reveal some number of cards, and that's the number you're looking at before you do anything else uh, with that artifact, like put it on the battlefield or the bottom of your library. Um, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, actually, you you don't have the choice. You just have to put it on the battlefield. Reading is tech. Um, if that artifact um, has a triggered ability that happens when it enters the battlefield, that ability triggers as soon as it goes on the battlefield, but it won't go on the stack until you finish resolving the, the Madcap experiment and the rest of the cards go on the bottom in a random order, and then you take the damage. Uh, so, like, if it gains you life or something, but the damage kills you, then then you're just going to be dead before that ability resolves. Um, and if you don't have artifacts in your deck, you reveal your entire deck and then shuffle it and then probably lose the game uh, because you took a lot of damage. So Nature's Way is one in a green for a sorcery. It says target creature you control gains vigilance and trample until end of turn. It deals damage equal to its uh, to its power. Uh, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. Um, so let's, let's just, this spell has two targets, uh, target creature you control, target creature your opponent controls. Uh, if the creature your opponent controls becomes an illegal target, your creature still gets vigilance and trample. If your target, if the creature you control becomes an illegal target, then we're not, we're not dealing, then no damage is going to be dealt. Um, this isn't a fight. It's just dealing damage. It's one way, um, Excuse me. Also, uh, uh, trample doesn't doesn't play into into effect uh, into account here. It's it's not like if you have an eight eight creature and you nature's way it uh, to a, towards a two two, uh, you're going to do two points of damage to the creature and then six points is going to spill over as like trample damage. Uh, That's not a thing. It's just straight eight to the creature. Yep. Um, so our next card is uh, 
a really interesting one. It's Ovaya Pashiri, Sage Life Crafter. Uh, it's a legendary creature human artificer. Uh, and it's got two abilities. Its first one says pay two and add a green and create a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. And its second ability is to pay four and a green and create an XX colorless construct artifact creature token where X is the number of creatures you control. Uh, X is decided when the ability resolves and uh, it doesn't change after the token is created. So the token is not going to count itself in the X. So if Ovaya is your only... Um, is your only creature and it gets destroyed in response to the ability, your creature, your XX creature is going to be a zero zero creature. Um, and also, uh, that, that ability won't change later on as you add and remove creatures. This, this, this card is awesome. I love this card. And just double check me on that. Am I correct about how that's the, the creature doesn't count itself when it's added to the battlefield? Um, create a, no, it, it does not. Uh, okay. XX, XX just making sure I'm not. Where X just making sure I'm not creature. crazy with that. No, because it's it's no. Okay. Uh, the next card is uh called Paradoxical Outcome. Uh, it is for three and a blue. Uh, return. It's an instant return. Any number of target non-land, non-token permanents you control to their owner's hand. Draw a card for each returned to your hand this way. So, um, draw, it's draw a card for each card returned to your hand this way. So, um, you can return something you control, but don't own. You're not going to draw a card. So, so if I, if I control your creature, cast paradoxical outcome, it's going to go back to your hand. I'm not going to draw a card from that. Um, and <laughs> if you return a melded permanent to your hand, you're going to draw two cards. Woot, woot. Get it. That's paradoxical. Uh, is it really? I mean, it's it's a pair of cards. <laughs> it's a pair of something. It's a pair of something, uh, all right. <laughs> so the next card is uh, actually a pretty sweet-looking card. I like this one a lot. Uh, Rashmi Eternity's Crafter. It's a legendary creature elf druid. And when you... When it, when it, sorry. Uh, it says, whenever you cast your first spell each turn, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than that spells, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't cast the reveal card, put it into your hand. And uh, the first question people ask about this card is, well, what happens if it's a land? Well, if it's a land, you, you're not casting it, so it's going into your hand. Um, uh, also, it's, uh, as we mentioned earlier with Chandra, you're paying it by cast, you know, by, by paying the, or rather, you're casting it by paying the mana, so you can pay additional cost. This worked the other way. If you're casting it without paying for its mana cost, you can't pay any other uh, alternate costs. Alternate is what I meant there, not additional. Um, and if you cast this and then you cast another spell, you already cast your first spell this turn, so Rashmi will not trigger. And if the revealed card has an X in its mana cost, X is to be considered zero unless it is defined elsewhere on the card. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one card that matters for it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, you have to cast the spell as the trigger resolves. You can't cast the spell uh, later on. You can't just, like, let it sit there and and cast it at some later point. All right. Uh, the next card is a card that I'm going to mispronounce, but I'm going to try not to. It's Sa- Sahili Rai. 
that's how I would pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's one. Is it? I don't know. Is it? No. It's it's one uh, one blue red for pl- a planeswalker Sahili. Uh, three loyalty. Uh, she has three abilities. A plus one ability, which is Scry one. Uh, she does uh, one damage to each opponent. Um, she has a minus two, which is create a token that's a copy of a target artifact, uh, artifact or creature you control, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. So you can create a copy of a target artifact you control, except that it's an artifact <laughs> in addition to its other types. Um, that token gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. And minus seven, uh, search your library for up to three artifact cards with different names and put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Uh, so this is, this is a really cool card. Uh, the first ability, which deals one damage to each opponent in a two-headed giant game, you're gonna end up doing two damage to the team, one for each head. Uh, also, uh, because crew is a thing, um, if you decide to copy an animated, uh, an animated vehicle, uh, with the second ability, you're gonna get an unanimated, uh, copy of that vehicle, so you're gonna, you're gonna have to crew it again. Get crewed, man. <laughs> it's a pretty crude mechanic. I know, right? Oh, there's so many, there's so many ways you can go with that. <laughs> I was gonna attack, but I got crewed. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh, okay, so I'm done. Okay, <laughs> tap it out. Um, next card is Sahili's Artistry. It costs four blue-blue. It's a sorcery. It says choose one or both. The first mode is create a token that's a copy of target artifact. And the second mode is create a token that's a copy of target creature, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Uh, so basically the same stuff you just went over with Sahili's copy ability um except this isn't giving it haste uh yeah so basically all the same stuff there um we did actually get it well yeah that's true you do get to keep it uh we did get an email about this card specifically already uh, from andrew andrew said hey judgecast i was looking over the release notes for kaladesh and came across this item in the entry for sahili's artistry if you choose both modes the tokens enter one at a time Thus, if the token created by the second mode has an ability that triggers whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, the token created by the first mode will already be on the battlefield and won't cause that ability to trigger. If the token created by the first mode has an enters the battlefield ability that targets a creature, it can't target the token created by the second mode, and so on. I've always thought the triggered abilities uh, that require a target wait to choose a target until they go on the stack in which case both tokens would be on the battlefield and the second token would be a valid target for the ability. Can you help me with this? Uh, yeah, it, unless, so, so one of the, whenever, whenever we, we get things with FAQs, uh, there's always the possibility that they're going to be changing the comprehensive rules, uh, in some form or fashion. We've, we've, we've seen that a few times. Uh, however, given the way the rules work right now, uh, this, I would, I would say that that's a, that's a mistake. Um, so, I mean, the, the creature, the, or, or it's a misunderstanding because the, the creatures are going to enter the, sorry, the creatures are going to enter one at a time. So if, um, if the, the first token has a, like, um, so if the second token has a, uh, uh, 
whenever an artifact creature enters the battlefield or whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, do X. You are doing them in order, so the first artifact is going to be put in play, and then the second one's going to be put in play, so it didn't see the first one to trigger. However, if the first one had something like, uh, uh, you know, target, target creature does, does, gets X, and you put a token into play that's a copy of target creature, then yes, when that uh, trigger gets put on the stack, you're absolutely going to be able to target that creature. Given the way the rules work now, I'm inclined to believe that that is a, either a mis, misreading of what the facts say or an error or let's let's actually pull up what the what the FAQ says. Um, any ability that triggers during the resolution of Healy's art, artistry won't be put onto the stack until the artistry finishes resolving. Okay, so that that is in keeping uh, uh, with with what we just said. Um, if creating the first token causes an ability to trigger, that ability may target the second token and vice versa. Right. Okay. So exactly. That's, so yeah, so I don't I don't actually think there's an error in the in the FAQ. It's it's it seems pretty consistent. It's the the difference is the triggered abilities are going to be put on the stack uh, at that particular time, and they can see each other. But in the other case, it was whenever an artifact creature enters the battlefield. In that case, there is an order that needs to be enforced. Okay. Uh, next card is shrew. Or we, we were done with that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. We're negotiating, continuing on with a shrewd negotiation for four and a blue. It's a sorcery. Exchange control of target artifact you control and target artifact or creature you don't control. Uh, so, uh, two big important pieces of this. Uh, if you, if one part of the exchange becomes illegal, uh, no exchange happens. Um, so that's just, that's just, uh, that's just good business. Um, the second thing is if you take an equipment, if you choose to exchange control of an equipment, it won't uh, unequip it automatically, uh, but it does give you the option to equip it to something else. So let's say I've got a equipment on a creature, and my opponent only has a single creature, and I decide, and that equipment is equipped on my dude. Uh, I cast shrewd negotiations. I give them control of the equipment, and I take their uh, creature. Suddenly, now they control the equipment, but they can't attach it to anything because they don't have any creatures to attach it to. So I get, I get both. Meh. <laughs> that's that's correct. No. <laughs> uh, uh, so, <clears throat> ready to move on? Yes. Okay. I think this is the last card we're going to talk about today. We have. Uh, Verdurus Gear Hulk. Verdurus? Verdurus. Verdurus. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Send us an email. <laughs> um, big Green Gear Hulk. Uh, artifact Creature Construct. It has Trample, and whenever this enters the battlefield, distribute for plus one, plus one counters among any number of target creatures you control. Um... Uh, so uh, you can't choose more than four targets for this ability because there are only four things to distribute. Um, but you can target somewhere between one and four creatures. Uh, so you can, for example, just target Gear Hulk and put all four counters on Gear Hulk when it enters the battlefield. Uh, if one of the targets becomes illegal somehow, uh, you don't get to put the, tar- the counters that would have gone on to that onto anything. So it doesn't get counters and you can't redistribute them because you already decided the distribution when the ability went on the stack. 
and your your opponent the the big thing is your opponent's going to get to know if if say you're splitting this up amongst three creatures this ability up amongst three creatures um one of them's getting two counters okay and your opponent's going to know which ones are getting the one counters and which ones getting the two because you have to make that decision when the trigger goes on the stack right all right um, all right so i think uh, actually we're going to have the opportunity to bring uh uh, Matt and Sarah back on to, st- to just for the sign off at the end in case they had anything they wanted to plug. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and do that. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Matt, Sarah, uh, do you guys have anything specifically that you want to plug? Okay. So uh, things that we can plug the pre-releases are this weekend. Uh, and then a week from then Kaladesh will go on sale to the public Friday. Um, the let's see, 20, 30th of, of September, and that is going to be awesome. We're really excited uh, to get our hands on those cards and possibly masterpieces. So, yes, pre-releases in uh, between one and five days. <laughs> uh, happy holidays. Thank you for having I don't know when this is airing. Um, <laughs> they might listen to it in reruns. We don't know. They might. Uh, please download Magic Duels. Yeah, uh, Magic uh, Kaladesh is going to be on Magic uh, Duels a couple days before it'll be out uh, to you, the public on September 20th. You can play with cards uh, on Magic Duels before you can even play with them uh, with live human opponents. Uh-huh. So download uh-huh. that. Uh, what else? Are, we're good at this. Yeah, um, so good. We have the best words. Please, That's it. Please visit my uh, Pinterest page for uh-huh. all of my uh-huh. arts and crafts offerings. Uh-huh. You can follow me on Twitter. We'll put, we'll put that. I don't know. We'll put that. <laughs> I made that account so long ago. It's at Tayback Rules. Uh, people asked now that I've stopped being rules manager, am I going to change my Twitter handle? And my answer is no, because clearly I still do. Uh, <laughs> Tumblr is open and waiting for your questions. Uh, you can friend me on uh, Facebook, though I probably won't accept it because i don't know who you are and that's a little weird mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. you i mean i'm friends with you guys but <laughs> and i have a twitter it's at sarah as in the angel nalar as in chandra and i don't have a pinterest page but i'm gonna visit matt's for sure um, i have chandra uh, oven mitts mm-hmm. because if it's too hot <laughs> no i was browsing that earlier and i saw the knitted thopter cozies those were Yay. adorable. Because, I mean, who doesn't appreciate a soft landing? Right. <laughs> That's about it, though. <laughs> DailyMTG.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. IndieGorilla.com uh, slash Magic Extra Life. <laughs> Matt's been doing a lot of MC w- in the last w- couple w- of weeks. <laughs> www.http colon okay. www.wizards.com slash okay alright thanks everybody for listening I don't know what that hand signal means but maybe we should go alright thanks everybody for listening I know what that hand signal means oh it got spicy in here you can you can you can you can uh, join us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash judgecast. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at, at judgecast. Uh, you can send us an email at judgecast.com. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, I'm Brian Prilliman. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Sarah Mox. I keep it super fantastic. 
I'm Matt Tabak, and I keep it to a reasonable length of time because nobody <laughs> wants to listen to a podcast that just drags on and on where the guests are trying to sell something or trying to get you to go to their website. They don't even really know what's going on. Like, they didn't rehearse anything. Nobody wants to listen to that. So I keep it really short, succinct, and to the point because your time is valuable. There are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to right now, but you've chosen JudgeCast, and I want to reward that decision. And I want to reward that faith and that loyalty. So when you tune into JudgeCast, <laughs> you can be assured that the guests are going to provide information that you find useful and valuable and to the point. Because I'll tell you something else. <laughs> I no, no, you won't. I <laughs> to work and uh, I listen to this other podcast while I drive to work. And there's a lot of rambling and you know, it's entertaining, but oh, my goodness. So thank you very much for having me on. <laughs> And we're back. Oh. It's the third hour. <laughs> yeah. K-dub-dub-2, Etherstorm Rock! <laughs> <laughs> On your drive time home, let's take a look at traffic. <laughs> well, Chandra, the Aradaris... out there. There's a lot of vehicles out there. The Aradar Express running about 17 minutes behind... You may want to find alternate mode of transportation. Something about they couldn't find a crew. <laughs> hey I don't know that I have the energy to keep up this line of jokes. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Sarah, oh, you energy. wanted to... Energy. <laughs> okay, sorry. Energy. <laughs> I can't... Uh, I... Sorry, Brad, what? So Sarah, you, you I can't want... wait to find out what jokes I made yesterday, you'll... <laughs> Figure out later. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's my fault for being too subtle and quiet. <laughs>